I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, then we are back for the final part of last year's King's Place Live, 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 Wrestle Me podcast. If you haven't uh, enjoyed these uh, run of live shows because they sound a little bit different, uh, the content's a little bit weird, uh, maybe it's a little bit more visual uh, than what you're used to. Um, it bears repeating that we've only ever done two of these shows uh, and we haven't got any more plans, so we don't have any more library materials uh, to use. So you won't be hearing much more of that on the uh, RSS feed, so to speak. Uh, let's head back to 2018, but more specifically, 1990. SummerSlam 92, baby. Podcast part two. Wrestle me, Mark. Wrestle me, Pete. Yes. Um, the next little bit we go to is Sean Mooney with the Nasty Boys. Yes. A strange thing here again, they've got rid of the Nasty Boys match, but then they keep them in this thing. It's worth saying as well, it's really complex, this, and it's so mm. silly. I don't know why it happened. But the there's a UK version of SummerSlam and there's a US version of SummerSlam. And the one on the network is the US version. Right. And that misses off the three dark matches. Yeah. The UK version... He puts the dark matches in, but it misses out Crush versus Reaper Man. So it's just a strange thing. If we're talking about it in order, I say this like it's a set text, <laughs> like, like it's Richard III. Read your passage. You may notice some of your copies are missing the Crush v Repo Man match. I had to, to cut these little clips out, I had to download it illegally uh, on the torrent. There's one person seeding that time. <laughs> I don't want to see that guy's bedroom. And it will be a guy. It's nails. <laughs> <laughs> Remember me! I'm going to cost him money! <laughs> uh, Sean Mooney talking to the Nasty Boys. And again, they have that thing where they love nothing more in these than to put in local references. Mm. They, everything in this. Bret Hart is later. Hey, Dave, you want to finish with you? You're going to look like you've spent the night in the dungeon of Windsor Castle. <laughs> um, and they do one here. And the Nasty Boys, oh, the fucking Nasty Boys. They, he says, uh, he's talking about Sherry as well. This put me in a bad mood. So it's Jerry Sags, and he says, Did you see the mascara running off that dog's face? It's Too rude. Honest. She gets called that a lot. I know, in the, in it's the really whole horrible. Thing. And then he says, It was like an oil slick on the Thames. The Thames, yeah. <laughs> there's a point where, uh, there's a point where uh, somebody goes, uh, Wimbledon was last month. <laughs> Wimbledon? <laughs> You they, must know that word. I, I think I mentioned this before, but they did it really recently. They still do this. And there's loads of English people working there, so there's no reason to do it. But on the NXT UK things, mm. it starts with Mauro Ranallo, renowned commentator, does a lot of MMA, does Showtime Boxing. He opens it by going, Cheerio, everybody! <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nightmares. <laughs> Uh, the fourth match is the tag team champions, the Natural Disasters, Earthquake and Typhoon, mm. versus the Beverly Brothers with the Genius. Is it worth reminding people of what Earthquake John Tenter looked like at 23 years old? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Incredible. 
What did he look like when he was five? <laughs> Nine. A, a baby Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Fat Jack Nicholson. <laughs> oy, oy, oy. Is that, why isn't he reflected in the mirror? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the man he thinks he is. Oh, one he, uh, day. Before the match actually gets started, though, the genius does a fucking poem. <laughs> My favourite. From the home of the Olympic Games of 1948, and the World Cup of 1966. I know the date. <laughs> now it's SummerSlam at Wembley. And the genius holds the on the stage. Behold, the future champions, the brothers Beverly. There's a basic problem with this act, which is if you're trying to get heat, you don't just go... You go, this place is the crappiest town I've ever been to. Look at all of you poor idiots. And what does he do? He goes, I know when the Olympics happened in London. Here's my team. Um, we actually haven't... You've not seen the Beverly Brothers before, have you? They've, they've no. done a WrestleMania at this point, I don't think. No, you, um, you, you sent me over a clip of the Beverly Brothers. What the sort of thing they got up to. Yeah, they were, they were two smaller guys. They'd done quite well in the AWA, and they came over here, and they were a mid-level ranking tag team. Mm. They were guys called Mike Enos and Wayne Bloom. Um, they really... I mean, their careers sort of just fizzled out after this. There was right. a point where they were... I think early 90s, they were seen as being a really good future of tag team wrestling, sort of, you know, solid mm. hand. They have this WWE run. It doesn't really go anywhere. They both sort of crop up in WCW in the mid-90s, but they don't really go anywhere, and they both retired. Um, Wayne Bloom resides in the Minnesota area and works in security for a prison. And uh, the other one, Mike Enos, he owns his own painting company called Enos Executive Painting. He is also now a grandfather. Um, <laughs> nice. Uh, I also, I went onto Wayne Bloom's Twitter and the top uh, tweet, the most recent one he did, was Nicki Minaj is a savage and I fucking love it. Uh, I don't think it is the right Wayne Bloom. <laughs> <laughs> just, um, but they, they actually, they had a thing, because they were smaller, I think there was a sense of they wanted to show that they were quite violent. Yeah. So the clip that I sent to you, they were known really for taking advantage of a lot of the enhancement talent that they used to appear on TV with. And this clip, it's actually been doing the rounds quite recently, but this is actually a more extended version. And you can, I mean, I, I, it's worth saying actually, if you don't like those clips where people's necks go funny, then <laughs> this is not the clip for you. At the Steiner Brothers. No slow motion, guys, come on. Now, the, the thing is, you see, there are about four or five of these, <laughs> and they are all doing the same thing, and that in itself is not a dangerous move. It's only dangerous when, when someone is going through the air, you grab their head and make sure that it pivots towards the floor. Mm. So, obviously, you know, I don't know if everyone's over 18 or everything, but they, they look like, to me, a couple of cunts. They, they really do. <laughs> I think I it's, wanna... uh, it's gross. Let, shall, we, shall we get that off the screen? Yeah. Let's, let's, have a, <laughs> let's... let's have a picture of Macho Man Randy Savage and his brother. Man, I've got that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I haven't noticed before. When wrestlers stop dyeing their beards, they instantly look like granddads. It's brilliant. Yeah. With he... intense eyes. It's almost... Uh, there was always a big, big rumour about the Ultimate Warrior dying and being replaced in wrestling by mm. another guy because he came up with a different hairstyle. Right. And wrestling fans aren't that bright. <laughs> <laughs> but there is something about this. Randy Savage, as he got older, doesn't really look like Randy Savage. <laughs> and the only thing is, it's like, it's like a man who's been given an eye transplant with Randy Savage's eyes. <laughs> I find it really odd when you see those old photos. That's not right. No. Um, why is the genius's scroll made of metal? Like, they, it always ends with somebody beating the shit out of somebody with, with the genius of scroll. Yeah. But, like, he's reading... What's he reading? 
I'm confused, Mark. Well, he's, he's reading his poem at the start, isn't he? Yeah, but, like, why is it made of metal? Does he engrave it at the start of every match? <laughs> <laughs> I think, legitimately, he's got it, so that at the end of every match he's in, someone can someone clock can someone hit with it. Yeah, there's a reason for him to be there. Yeah. Otherwise, he's just a poet. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. Uh, we cut then to a little uh, vignette with Mean Jean and the Bushwhackers. I don't need no London Bridge, mate! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. There's actually a great bit here where, just before that, um, Jean says, he talks to Butch, and Butch sort of goes, Hey, yeah! And then he turns to Luke and he goes, There's a rumour in the WWF, Luke, about you. And for a moment, Luke really goes, where the fuck are we going here? <laughs> <laughs> you fucking what, mate? Yeah. I didn't headbutt that fucking wall. Rumour is... <laughs> you're gay. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't say that. Uh, he says, rumour is there's a dentist trying to sell you a London bridge. And he goes, I don't need a London bridge. He's talking about his teeth. <laughs> Just dreadful. <sighs> oh. They actually, during this, in the build-up to SummerSlam, they went on QVC. Uh, with the... <laughs> with, what were they selling? They were selling loads of Rocco memorabilia. <laughs> <laughs> they were selling loads of wrestling memorabilia. And uh, the brother of Harvey Goldsmith, uh, who took care of all of the merchandise, right. he uh, took them out to a big restaurant in Knightsbridge, uh, a very posh place after they'd done the QVC recording. Uh, and he said, the weirdest thing is, wrestling was so big at this time, they went somewhere, I don't know whether it was like the Caprice or something, uh, and they went there and the waiters, as they came in, genuinely got excited and they were like, oh, it's the bush. Whackers. Suppose you've got fucking sardines, will you? <laughs> <laughs> they mentioned the sardines a lot. It's, it just never caught on. No, it really didn't. Sardines are nice. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> I'm in the pocket of big sardine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great image. <laughs> yeah, I like the fact that we've been doing this and now our real motive is coming clean. <laughs> this has never been about wrestling. This has been about telling you all about the health benefits of oily fish. <laughs> <laughs> Omega-3! <laughs> like a pro of the fish world! <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next vignette we have, again, is Lord Alfred Hayes. Yay! I have reason to believe that Mr Perfect is inside the Ultimate Warrior's dressing room. Now, I'm going to breach my own code of ethics. <laughs> I'm not going to knock on the door. I'm just going to open it and surprise them. Well, I must say... <laughs> <laughs> I love the cheapness of the warrior mask. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I, I love the fact that he says, I'm going to breach my own code of ethics. It doesn't take much, does it? <laughs> Alfred, have you got quite a strict code of ethics? Yes, I have. Will you break them for me now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Roddy. Yeah. It's, it's quite a funny thing as well when you see this, is, is they've got that warrior logo, mm. and they knew they were going to have a segment where they went, this is his dressing room. <laughs> But that's just hand-drawn. That's... Somebody's got the crayons from, um, a Nando's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's also worth pointing out that that isn't the warrior's face. <laughs> mate. That's not how the eye goes. So it's a real sort of hash. It looks like a kid's done it. <laughs> it does look like a kid's done it. Man, I also, I also think there's a real missed opportunity here, which is to hear Lord Alfred Hayes interviewing the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> that would be the peak of everything we've wanted to see on this show. <laughs> there must be a video somewhere, surely. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, match number five is Crush versus Repo Man. Mm. Um, I like this match, which is, is again, it's a nothing match. The only sort of interest in it for, for your real wrestling nerds is that Crush and Repo Man were formerly Crush and Smash. Yes. They used to be champions in Demolition. 
by this time, no one cares. I mean, they are. I mean, <laughs> the only thing that's. <laughs> I did laugh when Howard Finkel introduces Repo Man, and he quite clearly says, Repo Man! <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, ooh, attitude here has come early. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Crush, a proponent of Icapro! <laughs> did he make 50, Pete? Say again? Did Crush make 50? Uh, I'm going to say yes. No. Oh. No. There's, uh, a, there's, a, there's a beautiful moment when they're coming down and uh, Crush's biggest fan is seen in the crowd. <laughs> Look at him! <laughs> yeah! He looks like a baddie off Buffy or yeah, something. Yeah, well, Crush was hugely over. It's really easy to forget in this period. There were people who, wrestling now, you just sort of go, oh, you know, they've forgotten. Mm. Crush, Tatonka, people like that. But at the time, those guys were huge. Mm. This, again, is very superhero-y. You look at Crush and he's big, he's tanned, he's got day glow on, which we didn't have in Britain until 1995. <laughs> <laughs> We'd never seen this colour before. This was brand new. Um, he comes out uh, and he is really, really over. The match itself, again, worthless. Mm. Absolutely worthless. Repo Man gets to do nothing. Crush doesn't sell and it just, there's no drama in it at all. Really he, poor. Um, <laughs> Crush, his real name is Brian Adams. It is, yeah. <laughs> He wrestled as Brian Adams in the 90s. He did, yeah. That's just confusing. <laughs> this is why I couldn't get into it back in the day. This is just confusing. What, because of the two Brian Adams? <laughs> yeah! I will never watch wrestling because one of them has the same name as Brian Adams. <laughs> I'm not having it. Um, <laughs> after the end of this match, uh, or at the end of this match, uh, Vince does some selling of his own. <laughs> not fucking getting involved at all, eh? Yeah. I am not having this shown in a court with me going, yeah, I love it and take it all the time. I'm not going down when this ship sinks. Uh, it, a terrible, terrible match. Uh, we come then to what is billed as the main event, mm. which is uh, Macho Man Randy Savage, who is the champion, versus the Ultimate Warrior. Yes, before, before this all starts, there's a VT between Warrior and Macho Man. And basically, this, this is the point in wrestling that I kind of like, because it, it, they show you v VTs at the start to show you, you know, where the storyline is. Why they're Yeah, why they're fighting, because Re I guess... Wrestling is, is such an easy thing to do, in it? Mm. The why is really it. Yeah. You, you have a thing of going, well, if they're fighting, why are they fighting? Mm. One of them's got a belt, the other one likes it. Yeah. Why are they fighting? One of them has a valet, and the other one is in love with the valet. Yeah. Anything that gives you a reason. Otherwise, why are Crush and Repo Man fighting? <laughs> no. What's Crush got that Repo Man could be interested in? What, He's what's got he his own repossess? car that he used to own. I'm going to repossess your singlet. <laughs> Mate, it cost eight quid. <laughs> There's a beautiful moment where, um, uh, between uh, Warrior and Macho Man, Macho Man absolutely takes the fuck out of a camera wireman on the way to the ring. <laughs> yeah. He absolutely flattens you know him. Why? Because I'm the Macho Chicken. Oh, yeah! Watch him absolutely destroy a man. Fucking get out of the way! <laughs> Fucking fuck you! <laughs> really good, and the tassels really work. I just oh. don't know how I'm going to get down there quick enough. Uh, Ric Flair is trying talking about banging your bird. <laughs> <laughs> Macho Man's on full tassel in this match. Look at that. Mm. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, Warrior's got a, uh, a skinned bodysuit. Yeah, he looks like he's wearing a Berico ham in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> It's a monstrosity. I think of this as what, it's what I call his Dennis Nielsen tribute suit. <laughs> and I, I think this was a period where he went through, where he went from going, I have a, a look, and he started wearing all of these airbrushed leotards. Mm. And there are some ones that he wears in the build-up to this, which are just the Warrior logo 
over his genitals. And then on the back, there'd be a sort of fake arse, a little bit like Giant Gonzalez. They yes. obviously had one person who was in there going, I can make leotards and airbrush them, but they have to be disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> can you do fake one that's arse. really good that it's like a forest? I cannot, no. <laughs> I can do a giant's bum or I can make it look like raw meat. <laughs> Take your pick. <laughs> uh, great match, this. Really enjoyed this. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Macho Man, when he comes in, the crowd boo him. Because, mm. again, this is a crowd that likes novelty and they're a young crowd mm. and they love the Warrior. Yeah. And they really cheer for the Warrior when he comes down. They're really excited to see him. This is not a bad match. Now, what's interesting is they have this big storyline with the idea is one of them has signed up Mr Perfect, who is the manager of Ric Flair, mm. and Mr Perfect is going to help the person that he signed up, but no-one will find out who it is until the match itself. <laughs> In the end, it turns out to be neither of them. Yeah. Now, they actually work it quite well, but the original plan for this was, some people say, there are differences of opinion, but some people say that the original plan was this, that, was that Warrior would be revealed to have paid for Mr. Service, uh, Mr. Perfect services. <gasps> Mr. Service. Mr. Service is perfect. <laughs> Booking. <laughs> <laughs> and that Warrior would have become a heel yeah. at SummerSlam, and it right. would have been a big thing. There's a, a query over that, because at the time, Warrior was, with Hogan on a back burner, Warrior was the number one merchandise seller. Right. And there was absolutely no way they were going to suddenly turn him heel. But it was a funny thing, because, again, we've just had a heel versus heel, mm. and what we have here is a face versus a face, mm. with the audience not quite sure who to get behind. Yeah. And then the match we have at the end, again, is a face versus face. Yeah. So it's a funny thing where we keep on seeing the same thing in the heel versus heel match, we also see them trying to vie for the services of Sensational Sherry. Right. So it's an odd thing that they'd never really done these storylines again, and they'd sort of go, do you know what we should do on SummerSlam? We should do them each five times. <laughs> <laughs> Strange thing. I like just people getting friendly at the end. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. This was just a bit of fun. Yeah. Guys. There's some good signs here as well, because it's quite a long match. It's mm. actually a few minutes longer than the Bulldog Bret Hart. OK, right. Which I can imagine will be a slight sort of power play mm. thing that just sort of goes, we are still the main event. We're not leaving yet. Yeah, and they... Um, uh, <laughs> there's this one sign I liked just said, hello to my mum in Jersey. <laughs> and uh, Jersey don't have time. <laughs> and someone else is holding one up through a lot of this one that says, did you know Colin does backflips in his sleep? <laughs> We're definitely in Britain, aren't we? It's got a sign that says Colin on it. Colin? <laughs> Who's Colin, though? Who is Colin? Who is um, Colin? Warrior's makeup, as you can see, comes off really quickly. His hair is really blow-dried, mm. and he looks a bit like... Um, do you remember Fabio? Yes. The, that sort uh, of... That sexy he was the male man. American Katie Price Jordan, wasn't didn't he? Like, didn't, like... Wasn't he on a roller coaster and, like, a, a bird flew in his mouth? <laughs> yes, that rings a bell. That does ring a bell. I've got to admit, I watched this... Or maybe a this. sardine. Buy sardines. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched this and I did get bored. Yeah. So okay. I thought to myself, what shall I look up to talk about now? OK. And this is what I looked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to see if anyone had written Ultimate Warrior gay slash fiction, right? Oh, right, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a rich seam. There is, there is none, right? There is, there is none. But there, I did find a link to Ultimate Warrior on Pornhub. And what they have there is if you type Ultimate Warrior into Pornhub, it brings up a two-and-a-half-hour compilation of his matches. They are just unedited and they're just the matches. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was great. It was great. It's just them. Just to, like you finish up. Yeah. Uh, uh, awkwardly <laughs> cupping a handful of whatever. <laughs> Stick Warrior on. Yeah. With the other hand. The, the funny thing about it is there's I've some matches. I've been here for two hours. There's some matches on this two and a half hour compilation on Pornhub that I've actually never seen before. <laughs> so, wow, really rare. Exciting. <laughs> um, just one other thing on this, just for, uh, I, I love this as a wrestling fact. There are certain 
big stars that for some reason never face each other. Right. And they just miss each other. They're in the wrong place each time. And Macho Man Randy Savage and Mr. Perfect, they have one single singles match in right. their entire careers. And it happens in WCW and it lasts less than three minutes. And it just, you know, a load of people run in. So they, there's only, it's a weird thing, at the peaks of their powers, that would have been a match you just, I mean, it would have been fantastic. Yeah. Two second generation wrestlers, brilliant technical wrestlers, great sellers, you know, oh, it would have been brilliant. And it's bizarre that in, in their careers, which off. ran at the same time, they never had a single one-on-one -on -one match. That is so weird. Amazing. That is weird. Um, it goes back to um, uh, Mr. Perfect and Flair. Flair does, it, he's, he's trying to sell his, 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 his shit, but then in the middle he sort of giggles a little bit. It's adorable. I should have had the shot to begin with! Not the ultimate warrior, but now you ask the warrior what he wants in life. Well, it's gotta be me, and baby, I'm waiting on you. Plan A. Maybe that slid by. But <laughs> 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 He's like, where was I? I don't know where I am. God, I, I, um, uh, I mean, poor old Flair at this point. <coughs> I think he's already beginning to feel the glosses coming off. Yeah. So he's lost at WrestleMania 8 to Randy Savage. Randy mm. Savage has got the belt. Here's the next big show, SummerSlam, and he's not wrestling on it. Right. Um, by the time we get to, I think, February, and we're in August here, by February he's come to an agreement with, with Vince McMahon and said, look, you said if I wasn't going to be in the main event, then okay, you'd yeah. let me go. Yeah. And so Vince McMahon does let him go. Yeah. And uh, in fact, by the end of 1993, he's back on top of uh, WCW, beating Big Van Vader in sort of a, a great, what was billed as a retirement match. But he ends up going on for another 75 years. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that weird, though, that's not written? I mean, presumably that would, be, would have been written in the contract. I mean, I would not yeah. take a verbal guarantee well, from him. No, funnily enough, because Flair was so big, he did have the verbal guarantee. Okay, they did right. it on a handshake, and Vincent Mann honoured that handshake. Wow. Um, I, I, you know, he was Ric Flair. You, you just, you sort of have to respect him. He mm. is, he's not the business, but he's a big part of the business. Mm. And uh, I think he deserves all that respect. Well, um, we did miss a, a match, because obviously there's a couple of dark matches as well. Did they count as dark matches if they're not being filmed? Doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, it was Tatanka versus Berserker. Mm. Talk to me about Berserker's Tammy girl dress here. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't oh, he look lovely? Doesn't he? Woo! Oh, and, and who's checking out them pins <laughs> at the back? Oh. Mr. Fuji. <laughs> yeah. Fuji is slightly invisible in this. Do you know what's really funny? You see his boots as well. He's got, this is a guy called John Nord. Uh, he was known as Nord the Barbarian in the AWA in the 80s. <laughs> right. And he really rose to prominence. He was a huge guy, mm. really agile, really good, did a lot of work in Japan. But he rose to prominence because his brother uh, and dad ran an auto dealership and he did a great commercial for them where <laughs> yes. he put someone, he did a suplex of someone through a car windscreen on the lot and it became quite famous. I think it was shown on sort of Letterman. I, I saw that like about three hours ago. Oh, and I was like, it's too late to put in the blue. Yeah. My God, Google but it. He was, he was a really good hand. He was a very, very close friend of Bruiser Brody. Right. He was one of the great sort of brawlers. And John Nord brought that brawling thing. By the time he gets here, he's losing a little bit. This gimmick did not help him. So that dress doesn't help him. He was a Viking. <laughs> the best thing is, after this is over, and he lasts a few more months here, after this is over, he goes to WCW. Mm. But he can't do this, this sort of Viking gimmick. So he just calls himself John Nord, but he keeps the boots on and he's got white trunks on and he shaved his, his hair is much shorter 
and they look like he's invented Uggs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's stomping around. He has a match with Goldberg that is great, and it just looks like he's wearing Uggs. He obviously had a feminine side. Yeah, well, you know, fair play. He's got better legs, legs than I have, I'll tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, so we get through that. Um, uh, then we've got the, the quite a big one, obviously, The Undertaker uh, with Paul Bearer um, defeating Kamala. Yes. With Harvey Whippleman uh, and... Is Handler, Kamala's Handler is, is called Kim Chi. Kim Chi. What the fuck is that about? Uh, it's, it's the first thing that comes to mind if you're a Vince McMahon when you go, what's a foreign sounding name? And someone goes, I had some Kim Chi, and they go, bingo. <laughs> he's lucky he's not called Chop Suey, isn't no, he? No, I know. It's fucking dreadful. Yeah. Absolutely dreadful. Or cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't. If it wasn't for The Undertaker arriving in a cool car, we probably wouldn't be talking about this match to be No, that's true. And look at the fucking state of that shit. <laughs> Where was he from? Uh, Tennessee. It's you know, just actually, a big weird, weird bit of trivia that I thought today is Kamala is one of the very, very few people who has wrestled both Hulk Hogan and Big Daddy. Is that right? Yeah, ah. it is. Um, it's uh, it just a, a strange quirk. He used to be the Missouri Mauler. <laughs> Uh, uh, in, in Britain. Uh, Kamala, I don't know if you've heard the, the podcast where we talk about Kamala. If you've not heard that, there's a brilliant bit where he's now, having spent a career totally silent, he sings like beautifully <laughs> these sort of like self-penned, almost gospel-esque songs. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I like Kamala. Kamala here, Kamala, the funny thing about Kamala is he was a good wrestler and he was told very early on with this gimmick to make this gimmick work, never do any wrestling, just kick and punch. And so when you watch him, you go, oh, this is so boring. Mm. And it is boring. But he's being true to his gimmick. Well, he, he does some high-flying work. We're going to China, can't believe this! He's on the top row! Will he leave? Yes! That's why he's great, though. Yeah. Look at that. That's, he's up there with uh, Sherry's kind of reaction to the match. It is, the and you think, you know, he's doing that in... <laughs> that, that, to me, as well, is a dying art, where what he's doing is not for the television, it's for the fact that he's doing it to 80,000 people. Yeah. And he wants as many people as possible in that arena to see what his face is doing. Mm. I think that's a magic yeah. little bit of wrestling. Yeah. Um, this, funnily enough, is one of the best uh, Undertaker matches on pay-per-view up to this time. Right. He's had a good one with Jake Roberts fairly recently. But this is just... Because it's short, they just do the bits. Mm. And it's also the first time... The Undertaker gets a big entrance. Right. Partly that's because he walks very slowly. So he can't <laughs> do the big long thing by himself. Yeah. So they stick him on a hearse, and the hearse then sort of makes its way down. Mm. And that was one of the first times they went, let's give him this huge, huge entrance. Mm. Uh, it really, really works. Uh, if your grandma died on the night of SummerSlam in Brent, and when you rang the funeral director, they said, oh, we haven't got anything tonight. <laughs> this is the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess we're at the uh, main event, pretty much, aren't we? We are. We have one last tiny thing, which is Roddy Piper comes oh, out yes. and plays with a load of uh, uh, bagpipe yes. players. Now, I watched this, and have you got this clip? I have got this clip. I, I basically, I didn't like the sound of the bagpipe, so I've replaced it with Kamala singing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what's going on here? <laughs> Jimmy's annoyed. <laughs> that would have been such a much better thing than the bagpipes coming in. <laughs> 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I didn't know, but I mean, they've always said Roger Piper has the gimmick of being a Scotsman because he learned as a teenager in Canada to play the bagpipes. So when he first became a wrestler, he'd turn up with the bagpipes yeah. and then they build him as a Scotsman. Well, I thought, yeah, that's all bollocks, isn't it? It's wrestling. And when you watch that little bit, we were watching his hands go over the thing, and the yeah. guy next to him, the hands are doing exactly the same thing, yeah. and he's so playing he Scotland yeah. the Brave. Yeah. And I went back to the stuff that he's done in the early 70s when he comes out with his bagpipes, and he can play that one tune. <laughs> and it's just great to see him sort of do it. I Is there it any other the tune you want to hear on a bagpipe, though, really? Uh, I like um, These Lumps. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> these Lumps? I don't know what it's called. Do you know what I was thinking? <laughs> I, I, these I, Lumps? I was thinking of the name... Dua Lipa, and I couldn't remember what her big song was. And once I had the, the U of Dua and the L and the P of Lipa, I went, these lumps, good lumps. Good lumps. Great lumps. Yeah. Great lumps. That was actually the, uh, the, the subtitle for, for SummerSlam. These lumps. Watch them fight. Anyway, do come and see my Dua Lipa podcast afterwards. <laughs> talking about them lumps. Um, the, the, the promos that they do. Is it fair to say that the British Bulldogs promos don't quite connect? as much with British audiences, simply because of his accent. Yeah. It sounds like he's on Jeremy Kyle. Well, I'm facing a lot of pressures in the family, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> and? Yes, Brett. 
You are my brother-in-law. <laughs> and if you don't give my sister's bloody ring back, yeah. that, that freezer, you know it, it was not for throwing out. <laughs> um, the... <coughs> this, is, this is, in fairness, the Bulldog's best ever interview. Right. He was, he was, he, he didn't, they didn't give him many because no. he didn't find it very easy. <laughs> no. He's got quite a thick tongue. Mm. And this one is the body. one that goes best for him. Mm. I think at one point he means to say fought and he says, we farted really hard <laughs> and it sounds a bit like farted. <laughs> but again, for the bulldog, win, yeah. you know? I didn't dry up. I think there's one in WrestleMania 2 where he just, he gets locked on a word, doesn't he? Yeah. And he just keeps <laughs> on repeating it. Where he's sort of going, you know, turnbuckles, turnbuckles, turnbuckles. I just see them coming yeah. at me. Yeah, yeah, dynamite kid looking at him going, you fucking prick. You know? <laughs> I, like the, I like his little um, kind of neck thing. It's just straining. Yeah. He, he put it on when he was a younger man and it's been, <laughs> it's been on ever since. It's grow, the skin growing over. <laughs> like Magic. a bad tree. Um, this is, it's worth saying, I mean, this is, this was for many, many years, probably, it's, it's in the contention for the top three best matches of oh, all time. Oh, it was incredible. I mean, it, it's, you've got... Uh, Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania 3. You've got The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25. And you've got this match, which is the British Bulldog versus Bret Hart. Of those three, uh, the Shawn Michaels and, and Undertaker one had a great build-up, but this one was personal. We knew in real life that they were brothers-in-law. Mm. They had a family angle there with his wife, Diana. Uh, it was about splitting the family up. It was all brilliant. He had the, the Wembley thing. It was perfect timing. And watching this match, you see two people who have been given a chance that I think they didn't think they'd ever get. Mm. They're used to Hulk Hogan being on top. They're used to the ultimate warrior. Bret Hart, especially at this point, is beginning to strain at the leash. He wants to show what he can do. And this is a moment where they say to them, do you know what, let's try something new. Let's not just have the big characters and the superheroes. What about if people who come and see wrestling, maybe they like wrestling? And what they do <laughs> is a wrestling match that is just, it is fantastic. And it gets brought up by um, Lennox Lewis, which is very exciting. <laughs> And Lennox Lewis is about to fight um, some called Razor Ruddock. Now, not mm. being a massive boxing fan, I genuinely thought it was the Liverpool footballer, yeah. <laughs> Razor Ruddock. Um, but I, so I Googled this guy. He was a boxer who fought Tyson a couple of times and a couple of other people. He's constantly in financial trouble. Um, in 2006, Ruddock invented a non-electrical garbage compactor called the Boxer, which he hoped would become a success. He marketed the, the device he designed one day after becoming increasingly frustrated with the amount of waste his family was creating, and he sold it from his website, razorruddock.com. As of November 2013, the site is no longer online, and the product is listed on Amazon as unavailable. Uh, no future availability. So if you do want to pick up the boxer, the uh, trash compactor, uh, it's not there. I've got one. They are fantastic. <laughs> uh, I've lost, I lost both hands to it. Marvellous. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is, again, Lennox Lewis at the time, it's a funny thing when you go back to 1992. In Britain, we had less stars. Mm. We didn't have a lot of big sort of names. Even like, I, I suppose, I'm trying to think, like even sort of football-wise. Mm. They, they, they wouldn't be global stars, would no. they? No. And then you have Davey Boy Smith, who's this guy who you know is huge in America. But also, I mean, Lennox Lewis was a huge sporting star. Mm. And that really gave this, what it gave it as well, was it gave it that real fight atmosphere. Mm. Because you have a legitimate fighter 
coming out and you're like, oh, he's friends with David Boy Smith. That must be because they talk about fighting. What kind of fight do you like best? Well, I like the punchy ones. Well, I like throwing people over the ring. Um, worth, worth, worth just, just saying, um, Bret Hart um, talks about this match and the match is amazing. They mm. go into it with a real sense of, I think they were competitive um, and I think... Uh, they go into everything crisp and hard. It's very much what, what was known, I suppose, as Stampede Wrestling. Right. Stampede is uh, an organisation set up by Bret Hart's father back in Canada. That's in Calgary. They all work their way up through that. It's where a lot of the English people come over. And so there's a, a real, the English world of sport sort of stuff before mm. it's world of sport. This is actually the, the route that Al, Al Hayes comes in. Uh, a guy called J.R. Foley, big shooters. So there's a, a reality to the wrestling that mm. they do. There's... Uh, it's grounded in, in truth rather than razzle-dazzle. Mm. And what they do is they go out there and it's so tight and the moves are so impactful and mm. everything is just... And it flows so beautifully. Bret Hart said... Uh, he said, I'll always be partial to Wembley. It's one of my greatest matches. I think he's since said it is the best match I ever had. Yeah. He said, there were 82,000 people and something that made the match so special was that nobody knew who was going to win. I was able to do that with Bulldog at Wembley. Right to the very last pin, no one knew who was going to win. It's hard to explain, but it's a beautiful thing to watch in wrestling where someone loses in the perfect way. That's why the pin was so dramatic. There was no escape, there was no shame, but I made a mistake and Davey capitalised. It was a beautiful story and I believe that was the match that launched me into a world champion. So when they come back from this, they had one trial match of it in mm. America and it went really, really badly. And when they came back through the curtain, Vince McMahon just turned to Bret Hart and said, don't you dare fucking do that when you get to SummerSlam. <laughs> so there's already pressure Don't do that there. again. <laughs> yeah. There's already pressure there. And the two of them, they, they come out. Bret Hart, in later years, has said Davy Boy Smith was actually off his face. Mm. And he said that he spent the month leading up to it taking crack with Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Another bad Jim the Anvil Neidhart story. <laughs> Seems a bit mean. Um, but they, 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 he, he said by the time he arrived, he was very nervous. He didn't know what was going on. He said that within a couple of minutes of the match starting, he turned to Brett and said, Brett, I'm fucked. <laughs> and that Brett said, the reason it's also my greatest match is that I wrestled both parts. And I told Davey the whole way through what to do, what the next match was, and I got him through it. Yeah. And he said, when he lifted me, I went up like a feather. When I lifted him, it was like lifting a full refrigerator. Another reference to a refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> but the, I, I, I watched this match, and I don't believe what he says. No. And watching it, you can see there's... The bulldog is crisp on every single move. He reacts to everything perfectly. Mm. There, is, there is no bits. There's talking, but when you look at the talking, quite often it will be Bret Hart saying, ask him, ref, and the ref saying, do you want to? I think it's a real disservice. David Boy Smith, um, he didn't last very much longer after this match. So he has a peak in front of 80,000 people, and within, I think it's two months, they've given the belt that he's won to Shawn Michaels, mm. and he loses on television. Ironically, on a match that never got broadcast in Britain. It was on Saturday night's main event, and Sky had had a funny thing about the renewal, and they didn't put that one episode out. So it sort of just petered away. Yeah. And then he was fired because of the drugs thing. As the steroid trial looms, uh, Vince McMahon finds out that Ultimate Warrior and British Bulldog are both ordering human growth hormone from the UK. 
and he has to fire them both. He just can't, he can't have people taking drugs in the WWF at that time. There were times before and there were times <laughs> after. <laughs> that particular time, they couldn't L do it. A little window. A little window. A little window. But it's, it's, it's a real shame. So Davey, mm. Davey has some other good runs in the WWE, but it's never what it was here. Mm. He ends up in WCW being paid a lot of money, not, not really doing very well. He injures his back. In about 1998, he gets on painkillers and his life spirals a bit out of control. Uh, he splits up from his wife, uh, Diana, in 2000. Um, she goes on in 2001 to write a book uh, about him and the Hart family, which is called Under the Mat. She has since disowned the book, saying, I mean, you know, she said, she said, I, I, you know, I don't really, I don't think a lot of what's in there is true. I mean, you've written it, you, know, <laughs> you should know. Um, but there's some, there's some <laughs> allegations in there, which, uh, again, I, I, I don't want to say to people, go and Google it, but I'm not going to talk about them here because they are so harsh and, mm. and I don't know the truth of it, but I just don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> oh, exciting. <laughs> um, and uh, David Smith actually dies in uh, 2002. He has a heart attack uh, while he's on holiday with his, his new girlfriend. Um, they think that steroids, obviously played a part in enlarging his heart. He was um, well. Before his death, he'd been uh, training to try and have a comeback. Mm. And he'd actually uh, wrestled three tag team matches with his son, who is Harry Smith, oh, wow. uh, who is uh, now known as, as the British Bulldog. He's still wrestling, doing a lot in Japan, uh, doing very well as well. A nice legacy. And you can really see they look eerily similar facially. Well, they'll always have this match. And, and the thing that I sort of noticed as a rank amateur, uh, someone looking in the window rather than out, um, how good this match was Technically, mm. I that. And just when you see like the FA Cup final, if you see like even the, the World Cup final at, at, at Wembley, um, half of the crowd are obviously supporting one team and the other half are supporting the other team. You don't get that with this. No. So, the, so the finish is like the entirety of Wembley Stadium just going wild. Um, so this is how it ended. So good. He's doing nothing, this British Bulldog. <laughs> Allegations. Why is she wearing gloves? Summer slap. You never get that noise. Amazing. <laughs> I was reading a, a little interview with one of the people who was promoting it, and they said they had never, ever heard a noise like it. They said mm. they'd been at the FA Cup semi-final, they'd been at the FA Cup final, they'd seen international games, and the noise in that stadium, also more people than normal, mm. but the noise in that stadium was unbelievable. And I do remember when he won and everyone just up on their feet and there were three women in front of me who were big Hitman fans and they had their Hitman sort of T-shirts on and everything. And we were all cheering and then one of them looked round and I went, hey, ha ha ha. And she went, fuck off, fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> 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 And I was staring forward, not looking at the ring, and the three of them were going, what are you fucking saying? What are you fucking saying? <laughs> Christ, Christ, absolutely ruined it. Um, just very quickly, 
the other thing that this gives us is the reaction to SummerSlam, which is so big. They're on like the wrestlers are on Going Live. I found Randy Savage on Going Live. Nice. He's actually really good. Sarah Green and him are getting on a bit fine. It's weird. Um, Simon Cowell notices there's 80,000 people here and he sees all this and he decides, he goes, do you know what? There's 80,000 people there. There's 80,000 people there who will buy a single buy this thing, they'll buy any old tat. Mm. Wrestling fans do buy any old tat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he... Do buy the T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> he approaches them and they record the WrestleMania album in 1993. <laughs> and that's one of the things that breaks Simon Cowell into the mainstream of, of music. He has a oh. huge success. So they're uh, fucking fun then, isn't So, it? yep, SummerSlam, <laughs> SummerSlam 92, Nails and Simon Cowell. <laughs> Absolutely infuriating. Um, I, did just, I did just want to say, I mean, it is a fantastic event. It's really worth watching. That Bulldog Bret Hart match is, if you've never seen wrestling before and you think it's rubbish and crap, then, I don't know, you'd watch that match and you'd go, oh, maybe, maybe I can see why this, mm. there's an appeal here. And certainly watching that, I remember thinking, everyone will love wrestling from now on and we'll get to see it all the time. <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, of course, Bret Hart has a, has a long career in the WWE. It carries on. He goes to WCW after it all goes wrong. Um, the Montreal Screwjob uh, is something I think we will talk about in a later episode. Mm. Um, but yesterday I found something and I, I had to squeeze it into here somewhere. That was the way I chose to do it. <laughs> right? um, I found out yesterday there's actually a porn film based on the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, Let me guess the title. Have a go. The Montreal Screwjob. No, it's called The Fuck Job. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know... Did you find it on Pornhub? No, I don't know whether they made it, but there's a production <laughs> still, and one of them is dressed as Bret Hart, and the other is dressed as Shawn Michaels. So it's Mia Malkova as Shawn, Romy Rain as Bret, and Johnny Castle as Vince. Um, I don't think I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Brett foot Brett, oh, I'm so close to getting that right. <laughs> Brett screwed Brett, and then Sean, and then Vince. <laughs> Wasn't even worth getting right. <laughs> um, so that's it. That is SummerSlam 1992. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it, and I enjoyed doing this. Thank you very much uh, very for everyone nice. who came down. Yay! And, uh, Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, what, what we'll do is we'll we'll sign off. We normally sign off. I sort of say wrestle me Pete, and he says wrestle me Mark. Uh, and I think we're going to say wrestle me audience, <laughs> and you can say no. <laughs> so let's have a go at that. Wrestle me audience. No. Wrestle me Pete. Okay, wrestle me, Mark. God, that's in all sorts of order. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. Thanks, Thanks guys. Cheers. tour has been absolutely crammed with excitement from start to finish and for my own part being back on one's own turf was simply divine and so with tower bridge behind me and the river thames flowing gently out to sea i look forward to our next spin of the globe in the meantime this is lord alfred hayes on behalf of the world wrestling federation and coliseum home video 
And that is us done, quite frankly. Thank you for joining us uh, for more WrestleMe nonsense live, live, live from uh, King's Place. Uh, it would probably be remiss if I didn't try and give you a 411 on uh, where you can see me live uh, in my football ramble show. Uh, same nonsense, different sport, ramblelive.com. Uh, and do pick up some merchandise if he's got any left at uh, this late juncture from Mark's Marketplace. He's got a shop full of merch uh, at WrestleMePod on Twitter. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.